Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North America. This is Eagle on Deck. I am Eagle Falcon. I know it's been a while. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot to catch up on. Because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be blunt. Life's been rough. I have gone a very, very long time without missing a single episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. And I've now missed, like, three. I've never missed an episode. Well, I shouldn't say never. I've very rarely ever missed any. But, you know, when you're going through, you're trying to go ahead and solve personnel problems at your place of work, both new hires, fixing problems, another person's trying to go ahead and take advantage of you the whole time, you got to go ahead and, well, yeah, I'm not going to get into any further detail between all that and then, you know, trying to find a place and then finding, finding out that all these places, as I'm getting kicked out of my own, they're either being run by people who basically treat you like another number in a lottery to go ahead and just, maybe you're going to go ahead and be lucky and win an apartment. Oh boy, wouldn't that be great? In the meantime, the clock's ticking. It's stressful to say the least. But, that all being said, despite the fact that I have not had time to record Eagle Eyes on Tech, I have, however, set aside pretty much every single story I missed. Now, there's another elephant in the room, and I actually don't know what they have to say about me. Um, And that's the Helium Network. One of the reasons why this show has been two hours is because a internet radio station called Helium Network has me as their one of their Wednesday shows. And I have a two-hour time slot to fill. I have been unable to do so for a bit. And I don't know if their emails have just been going to my junk mail or if they just presume me dead and just didn't bother or what. I've heard nothing from them. I imagine it's more of their emails going to a spam folder I don't know about. I think that is by far the most likely. But I legit have no idea. So I think for this one, what I'll end up doing, since I have a lot to cover, and not only do I owe it to the subscribers that I normally put the overflow content in, but also to the normal listeners. I have 40 tabs here. And I'm just going to say, forget the clock. We're just going to go every 30 minutes. We'll break. I'll get up, refill water, come back, record another 30 minutes. And we're going to go until 
we are all caught up. And it's going to start actually with Microsoft's Xbox Live issue. This is actually on May 8th, around 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, you'd think whatever. Xbox Live is down, so you can't have internet games. You can't go ahead and play any, excuse me, you can't do any cloud gaming games. You know, what's the big deal, right? This outage, unfortunately, also affected offline play as well. And that, that is a big problem. Because with no offline play, you basically have a three to $500 box, depending on which version you have, that just won't function. So what's the point? Here's my other point. If I want to go ahead and fire up an old school PlayStation 2 game, I can. Just go grab my PS2, hook it up to my OSSC, which converts that to HDMI, and then lets me play it on a modern monitor or TV. Easy peasy. After futzing around with the OSSC remote to actually get it to work. Most people use some other upscaler that actually is um, not as, as, as high quality as the OSSC, but um, requires a lot less uh, finagling. All right. What happens when the Xbox Series series is no longer current and the Xbox Live service for it will be shut down, much like the Wii U service was? Is all that money you just spent on physical discs and games just wasted is there no potential at all to ever play those games ever again this outage actually raises a lot of questions in regards to the future of modern consoles I don't see a whole lot of people asking these questions, mostly because they're current. We don't have to worry about it yet. But eventually, we're seeing the online services of the of the PS3 being a hot topic. What happens when the PS5 and the Xbox Series series are as old as the PS3 is now? The PS3 at least doesn't have any online always DRM like the Xbox Series series now clearly has. So what will happen? These are the sort of things you really should consider 
But enough about that. Let's talk about how Microsoft Edge is now the absolute perfect browser to choose because guess what? You now get a free VPN on Microsoft Edge. <laughs> Why? Why does Microsoft insist so, so much on doing everything in its freaking power to get me to use Microsoft Edge? Like, it, it's, it's getting sad now. Oh, by the way, the VPN that's built into Microsoft Edge, there's a data limit. So already right off the bat, what's the point? Oh, boy. All right. Well, have fun with that edge. Speaking of VPNs, though, India is ordering their VPN companies to collect and hand over user data. Now. Here's a hot take for you. I love that they're doing this. But the point of a VPN is to make your content private so that the big government can't spy on you. You want to know why India is doing this? I want you to think with me for a minute. When you think India right now, besides the hilarious over-the-top movies of Bollywood, what else comes to mind? No, maybe something with Indian cuisine. Maybe some of the very fascinating architecture. Some of the commerce centers and... uh, Oh yeah, the absolutely, completely insane... Scammer criminal enterprises that run almost completely unchecked in India. They have gotten absolutely blatantly cocky. But in the end, they are absolutely terrified of being caught. But they... But these sort of scammer networks, and granted, this is a very fascinating rabbit hole to jump down, and I highly do recommend you do so with YouTube channels like Scammer Payback that goes into great detail on it, Trilogy Media, and Jim Browning. They go into great detail on how how they all operate. And one of the reasons they feel they can operate unchecked is because these sort of massive scammer call centers also operate in this right next to legitimate business but then hide all of their traffic via a VPN and of course seeing as how all their phone traffic is just VoIP voice over internet protocol that is also hidden via the VPN The VPN has been an integral part of these scammer networks being completely undetected 
by their own authorities. With this order, even though it is absolutely, unquestionably, something that I have a moral problem with, it is a big step in India trying to clean up its one of its biggest problems. And I cannot wait to see how many of these scammer networks end up going where they belong in prison. Now, I do want to state that everything I just said is 100% speculative. The directive that India put out, they did not specifically state a reason why they are doing this, why this is going into effect. This is simply, I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I have had a long time to think about this. Is this just India trying to be oppressive to its own people? Or is there another reason? I do think trying to get at the scammer networks that unfortunately their country is becoming famous for is the reason. Because the last thing they want to do is then start being sanctioned by the rest of the world because they're letting criminal enterprises that they, for the most part, are not benefiting from run unchecked. That is my, I won't say theory, but theorem. Because I do have evidence to support my hypothesis. But in the end, only time will tell. By the by, the epic saga of the China arms CEO refusing to to give up control of China arm to its rightful owners, in fact, continues. As Alan Wu is refusing to hand over management duties. Despite the fact that SoftBank has now legally taken control of ARM China. This is like a comic book villain. There's just no other way for me to describe this. It is absolutely bat squeak insane. What is going on with ARM China? And yet it continues on. And as one saga continues, oh, this is in the order. Um, I need a different segue now. <laughs> Awkward. All right. Shifting gears with no good se- segue. Apple, Google, and Microsoft have committed to the expansion for the FIDO standard. The FIDO standard is basically to create a passwordless sign-in system, which, by the way, I am 100% in favor of. I cannot tell you how screwed most of us would be 
if any of these password managing systems were hacked. And also how many of my passwords I would be absolutely doomed if I ever just cleared save passwords. It'd just be, that's it. I'm done. Doomed. 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 So the whole concept of the FIDO standard is in fact to use a biometric scanner of some kind, whether it be a fingerprint reader, a facial scanner, or something of that nature as your password. Now, as far as I know right now, I am in favor of it. At the same time, as the standard is being developed, I cannot wait to see what the white hat hackers of the world are able to expose in the standard. Is there a secret vulnerability that could bite us in the butt down the road? Well, in this case, only time will tell since the standard is in fact still in development. But to see big names like Apple, Google, and Microsoft committed to expanding the standard, well, it's good news for all of us. Lincoln College is closing its doors. So, a college is officially shutting down completely. And the reason for it is, unfortunately, COVID-19. Shutting down due to the virus. And a ransomware attack. I'm sorry, what? So apparently the... They suffered a cyber cyber attack basically back in December of 2021, which thwarted administrative activities and hindered access to all institutional data, creating an unclear picture of the fall... 2022 emotional projections or emotional enrollment projections. Whoops. And then once it was fully restored in March, 2022, the projections displayed significant enrollment shortfalls requiring a trans, a transformational transformational donation or partnership to sustain the college beyond the current semester. Well, unfortunately, what more can you really do? Now, the thing is, is that the college suffered first just from the pandemic. Who didn't? But many of these facilities, especially these older colleges, like Lincoln College in Illinois has been running for 157 years. But I had a very hard time 
transition to something virtual from the pandemic. I imagine mostly because, well, when you've existed for that long, whether you have the finances to do so or not, you are hesitant to try and adopt something like virtual learning. You're an institution that's existed for over a century. You're going to most likely just stick with what works because that's what's kept you afloat for over a hundred years and only change what you have to. The pandemic required many of these educational facilities to basically switch to one where everything is digital. And well, as most people are kind of seeing, nobody did it really well. I think there were very, very few, if any, educational institutions out there that actually did virtual learning well at all. I'm not saying that virtual learning is impossible. I'm just saying the way we did it in 2020. The evidence that's showing so far shows that it was severely lacking to in-person. By far. That will be something to keep an eye on in the next couple of years. Because I guarantee you, despite the fact that we're now, for the most part, with massive air quotes, out of the pandemic TM. There are going to be people trying to go ahead and look back at how we handled the pandemic and try to figure out how we could have done virtual learning better. But when you're talking about an institution that's this old, they're going to adapt to that, I would argue, probably worse than anyone else. It just is what it is. So, unfortunately, a college that has survived the economic crisis of 1887, a major campus fire in 1912, and the Spanish flu of 1918, the Great Depression, World War II, and the 2008 global financial crisis. This was the blow that finally did it in. A ransomware attack. It's a shame. It really, really is. Shifting gears again, very radically, we're going to talk about Tesla and their recalling of 130,000 vehicles because of touchscreen issues covered by, or I'm sorry, caused by the CPU overheating. Really? Just overheating CPU. Can just add that to the things that uh, Tesla occasionally suffers with for because raisins. Okay, then. 
Now, one thing that's not clear of, which CPUs are these? Because I do recall them saying they switched to AMD CPUs. Are they just not cooling those CPUs efficiently? Are they suffering there? Hmm. I know most other car CPUs or compute units, they have a term for them. Like primary compute module or something like that. Like It's something nerdy like that. Most of those are like, as far as I'm aware, like passively cooled with just like a big heat sink and maybe some passive cooling. And that's pretty much it. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not like liquid cooled or anything or even have a fan on them for the most part, but I could be wrong. Did Tesla try to get away with the same thing? Also, by the way, yes, this is why I have zero faith in most car touchscreen compute systems. Because they're usually running on some ARM processor that could barely comprehend bread. Now, apparently these 130 cars are getting a recall due to the CPU in the vehicle's infotainment system overheating during fast charging. Interesting. It's only happening during fast charging. The electric car maker started rolling out an over-the-air update to fix the issue affected by the vehicles. Now I have more questions. You give me the headline. You make me speculate a whole lot of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you tell me it's only when fast charging. What is it doing? I finally have, I have a lot, a lot of questions. Hmm. But apparently an over-the-air update's going to fix it. Okay. I'm not going to lie. If Tesla issues a lot of over-the-air updates and they just magically affect and fix a whole lot of things, over-the-air updates are great. You know what over-the-air updates are, by the way? Over-the-air updates might be the one thing that kind of ticks me off the most. That's one thing to give, like, a software update that we're going to go, okay, we're going to make the touchscreen respond more efficiently because we tweaked the operating system it runs on so it's a bit more stable okay fine i get that but the case of oh hey tesla put an over-the-air update now your car can go 20 miles an hour faster that means it was capable of that in the first place That's not an update. You're now allowing it to go faster. And here's actually a, another fun one that I thought about. I was talking with a coworker today, and we were talking about the Mach E, and how the Mach E apparently is restricted on how fast it can go via software because of a thermal issue. What if that's what's being said right now, as it was found? 
but it's just so that Ford can try to do the same thing later and be like, ooh, we can do it too. You wonder, right? I'm just saying, most of these over-the-air updates, or most of these software updates to unlock physical features, it means they were there. And just now they're being given to you. There's something about that that just rubs me the wrong way completely. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have so, so much more to talk about. Like, of course, all of the updates in regards to Elon Musk and Twitter. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. That is way better. You'll never know because I cut it already, but man, I don't know what happened for like four tries of trying to take this particular cut of the episode. We were getting some weird audio distortions and uh, some weird mistimings, but it appears that has all been resolved. All right, let's talk about Elon Musk. Headline, Elon Musk is thinking about charging a fee for embedded tweets, among other features. Uh, who, who's surprised? Like, real talk, who is actually surprised by this? It really should be no one. No one should be surprised by this if you have seen about how much money Twitter actually brings in. The amount is shockingly insignificant. Like, you would be stunned, underlined, stunned to see just how big Twitter allegedly is and how little ad revenue they bring in on their current model. On top of that, you look at the ad models they have right now, which is just pretty much putting in a promoted tweet in your feed. So it just looks like a normal tweet. On paper, it sounds fine, but they don't curate any of it. If you browse through mobile Twitter right now, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find nothing but mobile game ads, most of which are for games that if you download it, you find a radically different game than what is advertised. It is comical. How many times do you see this? But it's like, oh, okay, don't, don't worry though. This little bonus mode that we're showing here is in the game. It's just hidden behind, you know, five hours of play or something ridiculous like that. It is absurd. And there's actually even one that I actually want to do a whole recorded rant on that alone. You know exactly what I'm doing that shows a pull the pins and a fluid simulator happens based on water conducting with lava that it's that's basically not in the game. It happens like once a day that you're allowed to play it. 
And then whenever we called them out on it, they started launching ads again with a bad voice actor or just a voice actor and they poorly dubbed over it. Talking about like, oh man, I can never find the game. Does everyone think there's no such game? Well, I found it. It's the exact same thing that everyone kept saying didn't include the game. And guess what? They still didn't include the game! When you've got nonsense like that going on, the effectiveness of your ad platform goes down drastically. There's no other way to phrase it. Now, of course, now Twitter does have the Twitter blue. What is it like three bucks a month and you get um, something that no one can. What does Twitter blue now give? I know they're talking about we'll add this to Twitter blue. We'll add that to Twitter blue. I don't think they actually did like half of those things right now. Oh, excuse me. Twitter Blue is a three mo- $3 a month monthly subscription that buys subscribers access to additional features like an undo button and ad-free news articles. So are, are the news articles okay with that? <laughs> Wait ad-free news articles twitter doesn't have a news source so they're just curating it from other sources imagine if twitter just said like hey for three bucks a month you can listen to this podcast eagle eyes on tech ad-free even though i only put one ad in the podcast i actually once once i'll be perfectly honest though once anchor does have the ability to actually insert ads and depending on the level of curation I can do on those ads, um, there'll most likely be like three ads per episode. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. It's pretty obvious what will happen too. Unlike on Twitch, where ads will just be inserted at random and we keep urging you to go ahead and do that. It is the dumbest. Anyway, I digress. I'll, I'll have plenty of time to rant about that later. So of course, Elon Musk is contemplating what are the ways to go ahead and charge a fee and increase revenue on with Twitter. The amount of revenue that Twitter generates is minuscule. It would not surprise you at all if news came down the pipeline about them doing some other shady stuff behind the scenes just because the amount of money they publicly say they bring in is nowhere near enough to support what they have. And they could easily fix it, or at least start to easily, I can't say it'll completely fix it, but at least start to fix it just by controlling their numbers, just by going through and curating what kind of ads are shown. Like, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to be less likely to listen to it and just tune out if there's a Raid Shadow Legends ad in the middle of it. Or maybe you will. I don't know. I'm not your dad. You go ahead and do, do whatever you want. But a lot of people are, are want to go ahead and tune off because they're sick of hearing about a game like Raid Shadow Legends. 
well, as long as I can decide not to run those sort of ads, I'd be fine with running ads. You see how that plays a role. This is why targeted advertising is so important. And it's something that Twitter and Twitch both just seem to kind of fail at. What also doesn't help is things like, you know, Elon Musk coming out and saying that the deal is temporarily on hold because information has come out saying that there are almost five to upwards of 20% of the user base on Twitter are just bots. So first off, Elon, this should have been information you should have done long, long, long ago before you even bought the stock in this attempt to go ahead and buy Twitter. I'm just saying. This is kind of on you. You even said previously that there was a problem with spam and bots. Did you just decide not to look into that further and only now discover that it's 5 to 20%? I mean, that's irresponsible right there. But that also being said, this is even more irresponsible on the look of Twitter. Remember that whole thing I just said about trying to sell ads? It is going to be extremely difficult for Twitter to go ahead and sell ads further down the road to people if it turns out that, you know, a decent percentage of your user base are fake. Let's be honest. If I go ahead and spend, you know, a decent amount of money, let's say like, I don't know, $50,000 plus, to go ahead and reach out to a large audience on Twitter. What good is it if 20% of them aren't actually people that could buy my product? Again, this is part of the problem that Twitter has right now with generating revenue. What is the point if a large chunk of your operation is just fake. It is a big, big problem. And while Elon should have, should have, you know, done his due diligence and done this, you know, way long ago, you know, both are kind of at fault here. All right. This little law from Texas is back in the news. A rule, a law that was passed in Texas saying that social media moderation cannot ban people based on the person's viewpoint has been reinstated by the Fifth Circuit. 
I'm pretty sure I said this when the law was first being brought down. I said that, that or no. It was brought down, then it hit the news because it was immediately struck down by a court. Now it's in the Fifth Circuit and it was reinstated. I'm telling you right now, you might as well just ignore this until it gets to the Supreme Court. We're talking about it right now just because, oh, hey, look, the next step on its journey is going. I don't know how this is going to go down. I don't. Because in the case of the First Amendment, you, the First Amendment, for those who don't know, because I know we do have a lot of foreign listeners, the First Amendment here in the U.S. is what's also known as the right to free speech, meaning the government cannot do anything to silence your speech there are of course exceptions to this like I can't go run into my my local mall and uh, scream at the top of my lawn there's a bomb there's a bomb there's a bomb there's a bomb that's not protected but if I want to go into the mall and start talking to people about how I think what the current administration is doing as far as handling the situation with inflation is terrible and they have no idea what they're doing. I cannot be arrested for saying that. And I want to, I want to state this here. This amendment applies to the government, both federal and state and local. I said both, but I said three things. Deal with it. Platforms under the First Amendment, like Twitter, can still silence and not be in violation of that First Amendment. However, the other problem is the fact that as far as liability goes for the sake of of law... Twitter, Facebook, and a lot of these other social media platforms try to go ahead and say they are they fall under a completely different category. This other category, which I'm drawing a blank on right now because I have literally like uh, like 60 topics to talk about today, basically says that I forgot the exact listing, but ba- basically, like, they cannot silence another person's point of view because they're not at liable for someone else's point of view. That person is liable for their own point of view on this kind of classification of platform. So, therefore, they have no grounds to, like, censorship. At least that's, like, the that's like the general gist of the argument. And I'm giving, like, a very, very broad overview. You should not take anything I just said to, like, a court of whatever. And like I, I give a much, 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 much better explanation of all this when this law first came down. It's going to go up to the Supreme Court. I don't know how it's going to go down. I'm going to be very curious 
and it's going to be one that even after the decision's made, I'm probably not going to have a full opinion of it until I, I wouldn't say read the entire Supreme Court opinion because those are hundreds of pages long, but get a good gist of the logic the court used to come to their opinion, whatever it is. And that's really important when it comes to a Supreme Court ruling. How did they come to the logic? Because if they go ahead and say, oh, yeah, the, 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 um, well, actually, a really good example, gay marriage. I support gay marriage. Supreme Court ruled and said gay marriage is, is legal and okay. They signed an amendment that just said everyone has the right to life, liberty, and property, but didn't give a definite definition as to why that means gay marriage is legal. I support the end result, absolutely 100%, but because the the ruling came down in such a sloppy way, that can open up down the road for it to be overturned. And it's kind of what we're about to see with another Supreme Court ruling that I'm not going to touch with a 10-foot pole. Because... This is a tech channel. But the only reason this qualifies then is because, well, what is a Twitter? Oddly enough, a judge also asked, what is a Twitter? Because a judge was sure Twitter isn't a website. (laughs) Oh, man. So, oddly enough, as hilarious as the headline, a judge isn't sure Twitter isn't a judge was sure Twitter isn't a website. Um, there is a world where he's not wrong. I want you to think about something for a minute. All right, all right, all right, all right. In the world of law, you have to, have to, have to, have to define everything very specifically. One could argue Twitter isn't just a website. Twitter is, well, legally speaking, a platform. It is on multiple devices. A web, its website, its web app is just one of them. So while it's easy to go ahead and say a judge was sure Twitter isn't a website, is very easy. He doesn't know Twitter.com exists. There is a situation that makes logical sense. Of course, it doesn't help at all that the article talking about it just wants to rip the the judge for his quote hot take but that is pretty much where we are in the world of tech journalism that also being said I honestly don't know what the exact logic this judge used and no one's reporting on what the logic is this judge actually used at least at this time 
So, you know, maybe he does deserve to be to be ranted out on this. I have no idea. I just found the headline really amusing. And it's just like, come on, man. Come on. Speaking of come on, NVIDIA. NVIDIA has been five fi- has been fined. Yeah, no, fine, fine. Fine was the right word. Fined five point five million. Why are you saying find and five back to back so hard? NVIDIA fined five point five million for inadequate disclosures. As it turns out that the company that said, don't worry, we're not selling all that much to cryptocurrency miners, no only sold a metric ton of GPUs to cryptocurrency miners. Thanks. Thanks, NVIDIA. Now, honestly, these kinds of fines, they mean very little. 5.5 million after they made probably, you know, billions on the sales of these GPUs to cryptocurrency miners to go ahead and just basically have this go ahead and power one giant cycle of what used to be at the time that this was happening a um a support of a decentralized currency and a dream where exchanging currency from nation to nation could be easier to one giant circle of everyone scamming each other and not feeling any remorse for each other because that is the state of cryptocurrency right now by the way Nothing but rug pull after rug pull after rug pull after NFT scam after, well, I mean, NFTs in general are just a scam. There's that for starters with no one actually trying to go ahead and innovate on the technology at all. Just everyone saying, we're going to go ahead and let someone else figure out how to innovate on that. In the meantime, we just want to make our quick buck. Yeah. 5.5 million. That's it. That's all NVIDIA was fine for going ahead and doing this kind of shady behavior and then lying to the public about it. Me talking about it in this mic is going to do more damage than NVIDIA than mean fine $5.5 million. Uh, just all all I can do at that is just just shake my head. Oh yeah, we did it! Yay! Uh. All right, are we getting into the? Uh... No, okay, no, we can keep going. I just wanted to see about what section we're in right now. All right, Square Enix is selling off its Western Studios and intellectual property to the Embracer Group for $300 million. $300 million sounds like a large number, right? I want you to think about this for a second. $300 million they sold off the rights to Tomb Raider, Deus, or Deus Ex, Legacy of Cain, Thief, and more in addition to some of the studios as well 
Square Enix Montreal was included in this deal for $300 million. Now, on its face, you know what this screams of? They just wanted out. Oh, I, I missed uh, Marvel. The rights to Marvel games was also in that deal. Because that's what everyone suspected was the, the, the cause of all this. All right, you have all that, right? You would assume the reason is because every single game with these Western intellectual properties did not sell as well as they hoped. A lot of that honestly has to do with the fact that Square goes ahead and makes Marvel games and assumes that's what appeals to the Western audience. The problem is that the Western audience, they know what Square does best and they kind of expect that from Square. They go ahead and dive into games like Life is Strange or the Final Fantasies or Dragon Quests. That's what Square is known for, for single-player RPGs and storytelling. Even though the Guardians of the Galaxy game was actually pretty good from what I've heard, I actually, I personally did not play it because... I don't know why I didn't play it. I think I just had too much at the time. But you hear that, Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. You know what the story is. You've seen the movie. It's the one thing that Square, that as you know of, excels at greatly, is storytelling. Now, those who are JRPG enthusiasts know that Square accelerates it a lot more, but I would say the majority of gamers know Square as storytellers. But if you already know the story, what's the point? It also doesn't help at all that um, after Endgame, kind of the hype for the Marvel Expanded Universe just kind of petered off. We had our conclusion, we're done for now. The timing for these games was just way way too late and I think that's also kind of why a lot of movie games just kind of fail because you're trying to make a game as close to the movie as possible so you have to wait for the movie to be out or at least work with the movie developers enough to know what the movie's going to be about, and then develop a game on it, which takes, nowadays, a long time. It takes longer to make a, make a video game by a factor of double or triple compared to the amount of time it takes to make a movie. So either A, you rush it and it ends up being bad to catch it on the hype, or B, you're too late. Your only other hope at that point is pretty much what the Spider-Man games have done. 
and just kind of develop early and just release a game that's intended for the movie that's been out for a few years, but it's just in time to catch the hype of the next movie. You can't do that with Guardians of the Galaxy or a lot of the Marvel properties. Because the MCU is pretty much done. There's still going to be other stuff, obviously, as Disney tries to just prove to be the EA of media and milk it for all it's worth. But in any case, I've kind of rambled on. That would be the original reason why you would assume Square wants out. That is not what Square said. Square said this money, this pitiful $300 million, which is pitiful to a company like Square Enix, and are going to use it to invest into blockchain technology. play-to-earn games, NFTs, some type of cryptocurrency they control, all of it. To say that my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined somehow still feels like an understatement. This is awful. There is no other way to phrase it. This is the worst possible thing that Square could have done with this intellectual property, with this money, with any of this. And to put this kind of deal in perspective, 300 million for all this, Embracer bought Borderlands maker gearbox for 1.3 billion but this is all all these ips are worth such a shame we're gonna take a break here when we come back i want to talk about ea and it's lust to apparently be uh bought as well as the chip shortage and what the heck is going on in the world of crypto welcome back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon all right EA apparently in moves to sell or merge. To be perfectly honest, EA has actually not had a lot of luck lately. First off, Battlefield is... uh, Woo! I don't know if they could have botched Battlefield... What is it? 2042? Is that the name of the blasted game? I actually don't remember what exactly the latest battlefield is called because <laughs> most people want to try and forget that it ever existed 
It is almost comical how much this one battlefield game is just like, yeah, that never happened. Uh, please, 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 please don't remind us. Like the news on Battlefield 24, I should actually look up the real name of this Battlefield game. I'm pretty sure it's Battlefield 40, 2042. Yeah, 2042. The, the news about it just gets worse and worse. And then on top of that, the fact that they lost the FIFA naming rights is also just kind of a big uh, yikes. Those are two pretty big blows to a gaming company that uh, basically has done nothing but pretty much exploit its customers in one way or another by trying to find new and unique ways to put forward a good enough game with very predatory monetization. So on one hand, seeing EA get kicked a few times in the shins, not going to lie, it brings me a bit of joy, especially since they have been the death of many of my favorite gaming franchises growing up. That being said, all of that being said, for EA to look to sell or merge to someone else would be good news for pretty much anyone to get a hold of that IP and as long as they go ahead and contain the poison that is EA's thought process they can do a lot of good with it the problem is that they're looking to be bought by apparently large media companies like NBC Universal, Disney, Apple. So more than likely, this whole thing is just apparently one giant move to I guess a quiet I, I don't know what the move is. I'd have to assume it's to get some kind of uh, movie property or something of that affair again it's kind of it's a weird sort of move but if you're kind of hoping that you're going to see a much more competent team get their hands on say command and conquer I don't think that's going to happen I don't unfortunately if you're hoping for some other properties that you've known and loved that EA has gotten their hands on to make a resurgence. I don't think it's going to happen. Cause what's NBC or Disney or Apple going to really care about when they own a company like EA, they're going to care about making it profitable. In the case of NBC or Disney, they might look into like trying to create some sort of cloud gaming service and integrate it with either Disney plus or Peacock. They're, TV streaming services. Apple would, of course, try to use EA Studio to integrate with Apple Arcade and make that its own little thing. I don't... The con, I mean, first off, I like to try and address things both as 
the isolated incident that it is, the 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 details of this one as well, and then also the bigger picture of what it means. When you look at EA trying to sell to these sort of organizations, I don't see it being good for the consumer. I just don't. Especially with the three that's just been mentioned. I mean, do you, do you see these, do you see Disney, Apple, NBC doing any good with the EA studios and publishers? Probably not. What about the bigger picture? There is a very big picture to look at here. It's the fact that you have numerous gaming studios just kind of all being bought up. Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Before that, Microsoft buying Bethesda. Rumors of Sony looking to buy up a big property. Didn't Sony also art recently bought buy up like Sony bought someone. And I'm drawing a blank now on who it is. Bungie, that's what it was. Wow, I can't believe I blanked on that. If this continues, every single AAA producer is going to either be Microsoft, Sony, or Disney, or Apple. What used to be hundreds of studios will be for mega studios and mega publishers. That's not good for anyone. So yeah, it is important to take a look at both images, both the small picture and the bigger picture and see where it goes. And in the case of EA being bought, the way it's lining up right now, it is not good news for anyone. Now, if, say, Microsoft or Sony were to buy EA, that might look better. I'll be blatantly honest there. At least then it's a company that cares about producing games of quality and actually want good PR on their side, buying up EA and their IPs. At least there, the smaller picture looks good. The bigger picture, it still doesn't, obviously. But this trend of literally everyone trying to be bought up, it's unsettling. And it does make me glad that publishers like Devolver are still out there helping to bring good light to talented independent studios there's a number of people I've been keeping eyes on that that have mentioned 
the difference between an independent studio and a AAA studio is stupid. Because in the end, they're both still studios and they both still produce games. And they're right. When push comes to shove, as independent studios become bigger and more productive, they end up becoming more and more like the bigger AAA studios. You're now starting to see that gap widen. Especially as we get to and talk more about some of the predatory methods being used currently to make games more profitable. And that's one thing to always remember. Game studios make games to pay their bills, to be profitable. They still need to make their money. It's true. But there is a difference between making a cool farming simulator game and then creating one giant Ponzi scheme where you go in, buy in with a cryptocurrency on something. You go in and buy an NFT with this cryptocurrency built into the game and keep playing to earn so that more people would buy in and just keep this giant circle of everyone constantly buying in and only sustainable by more and more people going in until the whole thing collapses in on itself. And they just make it again. We'll see how things go in the world of gaming. But I'll tell you what. For the person who enjoys playing video games to unwind and relax. It's not looking good. It really, really isn't. We're going to shift gears radically here. TikTok will now start to share ad revenue with its creators. I cannot believe that this wasn't a thing already. I know we're covering this late. This was, this was announced on May 4th. But apparently TikTok has just been massively profiting off their content creators and just not doing anything about it. It's just I'm sorry, what? Like I'm sorry, that's that's not okay. And the fact that it's been going on this long, especially I mean everything else in content creation. It is not about I mean it is, but it isn't Everyone is focused on finding some kind of way to monetize. Content creators, of course, are very passionate about what they make. 
whether it be silly game video game challenges on Twitch or instructional guides on YouTube or just memes on TikTok. Everyone is very passionate about it. But in order for them to keep doing it they and trying to make that their job, they need to try and monetize it. Twitch is trying to implement more and more predatory monetization options. But as us content creators, we try to find ways to make it more reasonable to our viewers. YouTube, it has always been about the YouTube ad dollars and follow my Patreon and all that sort of stuff. TikTok apparently has just been selling ads on their platform and everyone's getting nothing. Now, I admit, I have put clips of my own Twitch channel on TikTok and I'm not going to lie, I've done that mostly just to get the name out there. That's been my goal on TikTok. I've never cared about the money, mostly because I always just assumed if there was any sort of monetization threshold, I would be below it. There never was one! Are you kidding me? In any case, the new program is being called TikTok Pulse because, of course, it needs to have some stupid name to it. It's going to allow ads to be specifically run alongside the top 4% of all... Of all videos on TikTok. Creators and publishers with at least 100,000 followers are eligible to receive a cut of the revenue when their videos are included. TikTok will share 50% of the ad revenue from Pulse with with approved creditors. With approved creditors. Creators. It's just like... Wow. 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 Holy cow. Wow. Dude, if you're an influencer and you're hoping to like try to diversify your uh where your income is coming from. Dude, TikTok is only going to pay you an exposure. Only the top 4% of all videos, and only if you have 100,000 followers on TikTok. Good luck getting followers on TikTok. No one follows people on TikTok. No one. You know who follows you on TikTok? Your friends that are friends with you on another platform. That's it. Because the way TikTok is constructed, everyone just shares videos or just goes through the feed and just keeps swiping up. Very, very, very rarely does anyone even notice who the creator is other than, oh, hey, that guy looks familiar. Because it is just a constant stream of videos. Just crazy. Top 4%. That's it. What? The other thing this thing seems to imply, and I know this isn't true because I'm... Wait, have I seen ads on TikTok? Now I'm actually not sure. How is TikTok supporting itself? (laughs) 
God, TikTok just raises so many questions, man. That is crazy. Talk shop TikTok and you just go more and more and more crazy. Speaking of going crazy, the Intel CEO expects that the chip shortage is going to last into 2024. You know, just in case uh, you you thought for a for a moment that we were seeing the tail end of the great chip shortage, uh, no, no, we are not, not at all, not even in the slightest. Apparently, the whole problem is currently on the supply side of things, not just in the materials getting to the foundries but also the equipment to manufacture the chips is now seeing a shortage. Hmm. Huh, what are the odds? Turns out when you bring everything to a cold screeching halt and expect everything to just start back up, there's just... Problems that just go all over the place. You know what the you know what the chip shortage is? In like a water cooling loop, that one bubble that you just no matter how hard you try cannot seem to just get out of the line, and it just moves around, and then gets into like a pump and causing problems there. You knock it loose there, it moves on over. You think you can get in the radiator? Nope, it just keeps moving. It just keeps moving around and around and around. That's what this is like. As just more and more problems just kind of move around. Speaking of pro, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take the break early here. Because there's only 10 seconds, or not 10 seconds, 10 minutes left in this segment. I'm going to go longer in the next one. Because we're going to talk about stable coins and what the heck is going on welcome back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon all right Let's talk about stablecoins. So stablecoins is a kind of cryptocurrency that is supposed to be tied to a major currency, thus keeping their price stable. The thing is, is that something like Terra, Terra USD, which is an algorithmic stablecoin, uses an algorithm and is also supposedly tied to the USD. However, they began to see a problem as Terra's price began to lower. And in fact, it dropped drastically. And with it, as it began to drop, It took down literally every other big cryptocurrency with it. 
this is the kind of thing that really not only scares away uh, anyone who just is in cryptocurrency just for funsies, but this begins to scare the true believers. Because the true believers look at a stable coin and says it's going to be stable. There's no way its price can lower, and yet it has happened. This has been sending shockwaves across the cryptocurrency world. To make matters even worse, it has begun to cause many other crypto projects to just pull their plugs early. Cryptocurrencies like Luna has dropped down to dropped from $81 a coin to 0.00004 per coin. Four one thousandths of a cent per coin. That is massive. Underline massive amounts of theoretical monetary loss, and in a lot of cases, actual loss to a lot of people. So, here's my thoughts. I am surprised it has taken this long For crypto bubbles like this to pop. If there's one thing that cryptocurrency has managed to do, it is to not pop for a very, very, very long time. It has been impressive. The way cryptocurrency, despite the fact that its value has been hilariously unstable for a very long time, and every single time it takes a major blow and the price dips down, there is enough believers to buy back into it that its price rises back up. I can remember when Bitcoin first hit $1,000. That seems surreal, by the way. The fact that that Bitcoin even re, even got above $10 seemed like a miracle back in the day. But then to creep up to $1,000 and then the fall of Mount Gox and then it, drip, then it plummeted all the way back down to 300 everyone ignored it. And then it slowly grew again and again and again and again. Keep in mind, cryptocurrency by its nature is a speculative asset. It is only worth what someone else believes it is worth. Blind faith 
has kept these cryptocurrencies going for as long as they have. And now we are seeing a colossal failure. Is this the end of cryptocurrency? Probably not. Is everything going to recover? Yeah. At the time of recording this, it already has begun to recover. It's slow. It's hesitant. But every single time we've seen Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all of them recover from a massive dip like that, it is always a slow and steady recovery. It is going to be something that we're going to have to keep a close eye on. And we are hearing rumblings at the time of recording of some other cryptos starting to fall and plummet. But I'll have to report on those when I have more information. The thing is that despite the fact that cryptocurrency looks more and more and more shaky, you still see big companies wanting to embrace it despite the fact that not only is it something that the consumer base has been very public about not wanting in anything The back end of it seems to be collapsing under its own weight as well. But that's not stopping Instagram. Oh, no, 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 no. They are officially going to support NFTs from Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, and Flow. The plan right now is just to display the NFTs as they are, at least until the servers that support them are gone. And they'll be in, there will also be a feature down the road to eventually trade these NFTs. Now, this is all well and good if it weren't for the fact that, in fact, the Wall Street Journal has shown that NFT sales have dropped 92% from their peak. Gee, could that be maybe because, you know, everyone's kind of talking about how all NFTs are, are a receipt for a picture hosted on someone else's site and you actually have no legal ownership of it whatsoever. I want to stress that part for a minute. Legally, you do not have ownership over the NFT. There is no body to support this. There is no governmental body that is going to look at your NFT and say that is a legal document saying that you have ownership. Remember that. It is actually very rare that anything does. There actually is one 
exception to this. The Board Ape Yacht Club does carry with it a creative license to do whatever you want with that specific randomly generated ape. Very few of the other NFT projects out there have this documentation built into the NFT itself. But once again, I want to remind you that, in fact, NFTs, it's just the receipt. Once the server goes down, that hosts the image that the, that the receipt points to, you have nothing. The other problem that has with, with the Wall Street Journal reporting on the collapse of sales of NFTs is also the fact that NFTs and crypto, the word's finally starting to leak out about the massive amount of scandals and scams. The amount of rug pulls, the amount of cryptocurrency done for the sole purpose of just being a giant pump and dump. It has been happening more and more and more and more. Remember how I said early on that the cryptocurrency community really, really, really needs to go ahead and nip and bite all of this fraud back? They didn't. They want to just keep believing their pipe dreams, and here they are. You want to know how bad it is? Here's how bad their belief is. Cointelegraph.com, despite the fact that the Wall Street Journal has shown evidence of the crypt of the NFT market collapsing, goes in and says, nuh-uh, because according to this one graph that we found, it shows that it's trending, that that sales are you know, it's it's spiked a little bit. It's it's fallen, but it's 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 spiked, therefore better. And hey, if we look at this other graph here that shows the active the total number of NFT users is trending up. Of course, the number of NFT users are going up because everyone and their mother is just making an NFT and then saying, hey, look, I have an NFT. I have millions of dollars. Hey, look, look at my stick figure. It's very easy for a pathetic, dishonest outlet like the Coin Telegraph to cherry pick information that they like better to paint an optimistic picture so that they continue to lie to themselves and their pathetic user base. 
to say that everything's fine. Yeah, okay, of course. Let's go ahead and let's ignore the burning ship. That is the credibility and reliability of cryptocurrency as your stable coins continue to plummet in value like nobody's business. As Ethereum keeps going down. Oh, don't worry. It'll trend back up. No, every everything will be fine. We already got got through this. It, it's it's okay. It's okay. There's there's some fog, but it's no big deal. Look at all this money we're telling ourselves we're making, even though we can't really sell it for anything other than more fake currency. These people end up coming off like drug addicts that continue again and again and again and again to lie to themselves because that's what makes them feel better. Everything's fine, they think. Because, of course, as long as I tilt my head, as long as I look at the graph upside down, it's going up. Everything's fine. It's totally fine. Crypto's on the mainstream. We got crazy boomers on board. Everything's fine. The fact of the matter is just about every cryptocurrency bro out there that continues to pitch for what NFTs are right now is selling a false premise. They are selling a flawed premise. What should be happening with technology like the blockchain is that more and more people should be looking at trying to innovate on it. Use the technology of a non-centralized ledger and see what good can be done of it rather than just letting all of these scams run rampant. And that's what they are. They are running rampant. To the point where just about every tech enthusiast in the world is either a brainwashed diehard that just believes everything will work out in the world of crypto or looks at the word crypto and sees it as a giant red flag. And the fact that the blockchain itself is supported by the super inefficient methods that it is currently to this day is not helping their case at all What? So ever, but by all means, please tell me about how this is all for the best. In other news, Starbucks also wants to sell you NFTs, despite all the information I just gave you. Starbucks can't figure out what else to do, can they? They really, really can't. Oh, hey, we can't come up with coffee people want. Let's sell NFTs. That'll bring people in. 
In the meantime, Bitcoin has lost two years worth of gains. While stablecoins like Tether have dropped in value and recovered to 97 cents when it should hold steady at a dollar. But then what the heck happens to countries like El Salvador that looked to cryptocurrency as salvation for them? El Salvador expected to default as the price of Bitcoin promises. El Salvador went and made made the made Bitcoin a legal tender last year and with the price of it just fluctuating randomly and then also as the price of it plummets it's not going to be able to make its debt payment to other nations oh boy Yeah, cryptocurrency is so great, right, guys? Look how great it is. But hey, they're, 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 oh, hey, hey, you know what, though? I'm, I'm being hard on you, crypto bros. How about some good news for you? Nice hash uh, figured out how to completely crack NVIDIA's LHR. So now you can go ahead and buy and mine even more worthless currency. With GPUs that you're torturing. Yay. Real talk though, honestly. I still can't believe NVIDIA tried to go ahead and say that it was unhackable. LHR is unhackable. It'll never be hacked. It's all... This is the final solution. Woo. It took a while. I'll give it that. It took a while to crack LHR, but it was in fact, finally, finally done. All right. But as other cryptocurrencies continue to fall, what about the exchanges? Well, Coinbase has announced that its earnings were real bad and, uh, mentioned that If it ended up going into bankruptcy, it would wipe out all of its users' funds. You can't see it right now, but I am burying my face into the palms of my hands and just shaking my head. Because, I mean, what else can you do? You look at this, and what else do you say? This is just sad.
It really, really is. Coinbase said in its earnings report that it holds $256 billion in both fiat and cryptocurrencies on behalf of its customers. Yet, the exchange noted that in the event it ever declared bankruptcy, the crypto assets we hold in custody on behalf of our customers would be subject to bankruptcy proceedings. Coinbase users become general unsecured creditors, meaning they have no right to claim any specific property from the exchange in proceedings. Their funds would become inaccessible. Cryptocurrency is the future, guys. Don't worry. Everything's going to be great. Everything's just going to be Absolutely fine. Wee! Hey, let's let's talk about something better. All right. On May tenth, AMD reveals the RX sixteen. I'm sorry, the sixty six fifty XT, the sixty seven fifty XT, and the sixty nine nice fifty XT. And honestly, the GPUs, uh, for the most part are pretty good other than the fact that some of these cards are you know three and a half slot design so they're going to take up a massive amount of spot in the case and i really 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 do hope they actually build these properly so that there's very minimal gpu sag gpu sag by the way means that the card is so badly supported that when you in when you insert it into the case you can see it lump sag inside the case as gravity is more powerful and the bracing it has by the by youtuber jay's two cents does have a solution for a lot of these sagging gpus go check him out he actually does have like quite a bit in there now if you've been just been like me and just completely tuned out of the gpu market now actually is a good time to like look back into it. I'm not saying now is the time to buy. I'm saying now is a good time to look. Because right now anything as far as any sort of market, especially with the cost of everything going up, you know. You look at your own finances and make your purchases accordingly. Because the cost of everything's going way up. But for the most part, GPUs have gone very close to what their MSRPs were. And for the most part, they have pretty much completely recovered. Then again, there's a lot of asterisks in all this. I mean, you want an idea of how much GPU supply is finally starting to get caught back up. AMD is bundling games with their cards again. Yeah. I'm surprised too. Now the thought process most people have is that this is being done to counteract the fact that the 
prices are falling like rocks. But still, this is good news, and it is a good sign. It's good, and it's it's great for the consumer. These are these sort of things were done pretty regularly back in the day to try and promote graphic card sales during downtimes. To see it come back, win, win, win. Now then, in other GPU news, I had to wait for the story to load. NVIDIA is launching official open-sourced Linux GPU kernel drivers. Now, does this mean that their drivers are completely open-sourced? No. Does this mean that that NVIDIA is on par with Linux support as they are as AMD is? No. But this is a huge step in the correct direction. This means that their their driver Nvidia's drivers for Linux has always been um terrible. There's just no other way to say it, terrible. With this change in policy from Nvidia though, the game changes quite a bit. And you know what? Good. Very good. I, for one, look at that and what NVIDIA is doing and saying, it's about time. Good on you. Good on you. We would like to see more. I mean, I would... But I also admit I am not a Linux junkie by any stretch of the imagination. I just know enough to know, yeah, this has been a nightmare. By the by, there has been an, uh, by the by, there's going to be, no, I'm saying this wrong. Intel has launched their 12th gen HX processors, and they're going to be the best mobile workstation chips out there. Now, 12th gen, of course, is Intel's big little architecture that there's P cores and E cores for when all of these happens. For, <laughs> I've been talking for so long, I'm twisting my word. Anyway, these new 12th gen chips, the HX mobile chips, are supposed to be high performance CPUs specifically for mobile workstations. What are mobile workstations? Mobile workstations are high-end laptops intended for on-the-go production. So you know how you have like your thin and like laptops and you have gaming laptops? Mobile workstations are basically professional gaming laptops. They are intended for high reliability. They are intended for high performance and to handle high-end applications like CAD or video editing, or for running like an MRI machine. There's all kinds of uses for mobile workstations, like for engineers to use them for two years and 
have a lot of engineering work done on them, and then for me to find them in a in a in a pallet for about three hundred bucks, refurbish it to like new, and use it to play uh, Final Fantasy fourteen on the go. What mobile workstations are great machines. I love them, and I think companies should be buying more of them so that I can buy them for a fraction of the cost. Hey, I got one with a hot swap hard drive bay. I don't care who you are. That is cool. Up oh, hard drive drive. Bloop, bloop, done. The end. Fix it. On the go. Now, these new Intel 12th Gen Core HX processors will be up to 16 core processors, 8 performance core, 8 efficiency cores, 24 threads, and will be able to consume up to 55 watts. They'll have access to 16x PCI Express Gen 5 bandwidth and 4 and 4x4 PCI Express Gen 4 point oh from a controller hub basically to go ahead and like the the pci express gen 4 ones are most likely going to be for your nvme drives the 16 next one is going to be for your discrete gpu it is very common and almost required i would say in most days for a mobile workstation to have a discrete gpu and it's going to need that 16 x pci express i think actually most of them are I want to say most internal GPUs that are actually on a slot are actually 8x, I think. I'd say MXM. MXM, I know, is 8x. MXM, for those who don't know, that is a... Imagine a RAM slot in a laptop on steroids. That's an MXM slot, and a GPU would go into that mxm slot mxm unfortunately is a dead platform now most of them are now soldered onto the board or in the case of this uh dell 7530 i have over here uh it uses something that dell whipped up so that instead of soldering it directly onto the board it's instead in a proprietary slot they made so it's still swappable but still up to date because MXM is not up to date. Am I just rambling about mobile workstations now? I think I am. In any case, we're going to be seeing more of these this year. And of course, I'll be talking about them because in case you couldn't tell, I like mobile workstations. They are very, very cool laptops. Just because Dell, HP, Lenovo, whenever they make a mobile workstation, it shows that they can make a laptop. It shows that they know what the heck they're doing. So when they do stuff like the Alienware laptops, and it's just like, oh man, look at that. That's all Dell can do. They suck. And it's like, no, I know they can do better. They just choose not to. Speaking of mobile workstation laptops and gaming laptops, there's new Type-C cables that can deliver up to 240 watts. This means that this next generation of gaming and mobile workstation class laptops can charge via USB-C.
That is actually crazy. Like, there's no other way to say it. That is insane. USB-C is going to very quickly be the universal port. And all it took was for Apple to ditch. No, 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 no. This development was happening before Apple did it. Apple, honestly, I think went all USB-C way too early. That's why they went back on their current gens of MacBook Pros. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, oh, wow, we actually didn't. We only covered 35 minutes. I thought I was talking for like 45. (laughs) Regardless, I still want to break here. When we come back, Google I.O., we have everything that was talked about. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. If things sound a little bit off, it is because uh, we had to turn on the AC. It's just starting to get too hot in the studio here. But we're nearing the end. We are, in fact, nearing the end of the episode. And I never thought we would. Even though so far we're actually, like, on track-wise, like, this would be the end of a normal episode. Like, from here on out, this is all bonus stuff. I'm actually kind of surprised. Granted, we did trim out a lot of stuff that I'd normally keep in. I don't even remember what the, what it all, oh, there's like a lot of, a lot of smaller stories that I was like, oh, that's kind of neat, but you know, it is what it is. Google IO, Google IO happened very recently, May 12th, in fact, when this happened. And well, let's talk about what there was. First off, we did in fact finally see, excuse me. We in, they in fact did launch the Pixel 6a, the Pixel Watch, and the Pixel Buds Pro. All right, so the Pixel 6a, you know, we see this kind of cycle every time. Google tends to adopt the very same sort of launch style as Samsung. When they launched their Halo product, then towards the end of that Halo product's life, they launch a cheaper version of it. In Samsung's case, it is usually the fan edition. There's something like, what, what, what do they call I completely forgot now. They call it like the FE. Like the S21 FE or something like that. They call it like the fan edition. And like the last couple of times has been kind of a meh. It's okay. There, honestly, like a lot of the a lot of the fan edition Samsung has, in my opinion, it's basically a a super budget phone, but for the amount extra you're paying, you are not getting that much extra phone, in my opinion. But I also admit, for the most part. I I actually do look for a lot in a phone just because I use it for content. Anyway. Pixel 6a launched. It does not have a headphone jack. The headphone jack is gone on it. Pixel Watch. It's real. It's coming, etc. The Pixel Watch is exactly what we expected. Like, the funny thing is right now, as far as the Pixel Watch goes, we don't care 
what the Pixel Watch is, what we care about is basically what the software can do. That's what we care about far more. Because right, right now it's first generation stuff. It looks like a phone, it, or a phone. It looks like a watch. It behaves like a watch. It has some smart watch capabilities. The OS is very, very new. And there, there's now two watches that run it. The Pixel Watch and the Samsung Galaxy Watch 3, whatever the heck. What, what, what is on my wrist? I actually now don't remember. But in any case. And then the Bixel, the Bixel, Pixel Buds Pro, which are, they're, they're, they're earbuds. What do you want from me? They're, they're wireless earbuds. And quite frankly, they just, they, they do wireless earbud things. Honestly, the products that were launched, as you can tell from my lack of knowledge, I don't care about. What I do care about way more is first off, A, the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro phones that they showed off, but aren't out yet, and what the second generation of them trying to use their own silicon is going to look like, and far more interesting to me is the Pixel tablet. Google finally taking another stab at tablets and trying to crack into a market that basically... Apple owns. I mean, let's be honest right now. Tablet-wise, here's what's out there. There's iPads. There are Android tablets that make you regret buying an Android tablet. And then there are what, have, what, have, what there's always been when it comes to tablet computing. Windows devices with a touchscreen. Personally, I like a Windows device with a touchscreen, as long as the device can handle it. I'll just say, if you can find a ThinkPad Tablet X like I did for like a couple hundred bucks, that was the best 250 bucks I spent. I love that tablet. I really, really do. No joking. But, but used. For like 300 bucks used for that tablet is just crazy. It is a fantastic device for that kind of money. New, I think that sucker's like a like a like a grand and a half. No, that's way too much. I want to be clear on that before people start going, "Oh, he's a Lenovo shill." Like, no, I'm a deal hunter. There's a huge difference. One doesn't buy new. In addition, Google also showed off its AR technology. There's also going to be an update to the search maps and automation functions to go ahead and add the search and maps will be able to go ahead and find a location based on a photo that you scan and do a search. In addition, there's also some updates they're doing to try and go ahead and detect specific colors of skin tone better i'll be perfectly honest with this i do think color accuracy is insanely important i do think google's entire entire aggressive push in regards to 
skin tone colors is just trying to make it's just trying to help their public image it is all a pr stunt in my opinion i do don't again don't misunderstand what i'm saying i think the technology is important i do the way google is phrasing their skin tone accurate technology to be able to both scan it correctly and make pictures of various skin tones correctly specifically darker skin tones the way they're phrasing it it is 1000 percent a pr stunt they are just trying to get as many pr points as they possibly can right now i guarantee it it's like they're taking a technology that i do approve of but just trying to milk it for as much cred as they can and it just comes off dirty you know but what but what do i know i'm i'm not the uh i'm not the target of said uh pr stunts updates to the google assistant where you can go ahead and stare at your Nest Hub Max, which I forgot was a product that exists, but the Nest Hub Max is in fact their smart screen, uh, smart speaker, which has a camera. If you stare at it, it will activate it, which means that the camera is on at all times, and I absolutely hate it. Absolutely, a hundred a thousand percent, I hate it. There is no other way for me to phrase it. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate it no other way to say it Ooh, make it go away please that's all i can say mm. android 13 is going to have some new features including an updated google wallet or actually no google wallet's new i'm thinking google pay google wallet is brand new to go ahead and have digital copies of your id car rewards cards passports etc etc bringing digital ids like apple has to android it's about time apple has been on the front of this for way too long i am surprised it took google this long they're finally doing it huzzah 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 Now, oh, here we go. Here's the information I was looking for. Google Pixel Buds Pro, because apparently I don't know how this article was supposed to be phrased. So, these are the first Pixel Buds. To my former English teachers listening to this, I swear your teachings have not gone in vain. I can, believe it or not, speak English, contrary to popular belief. And also, no, I am not going to edit this. I am not. I refuse to edit my flubs out. I never, ever want to take a podcast under the editing knife. I really don't. Ooh, but that doesn't sound professional. You're a podcast. You were never supposed to be professional. (laughs) 
The whole point of podcasting is, in fact, to be amateur radio. Know your roots. Besides, I very, very much follow the philosophy of keeping it real. That being said, if I absolutely botch an entire starting of a segment, I will 1000% just scrap the whole recording. But I am never going to take this under an editing knife unless I absolutely have to. Anyway, the Google Pixel Buds Pro that I apparently have trouble pronouncing are the first Pixel Buds to incorporate active noise canceling and Google's technologies for better isolation and et cetera, et cetera. They are be going for 200 bucks. So 200 bucks, I think is expensive, but here's the other thing I also acknowledge. I have been on the hunt for a long, long time for some kind of wireless device where I can listen to music and videos and answer calls. There has not been a single earbud that has done it well. They have all been awful. I'm serious. The closest I've gotten to, I shouldn't say that. The only two devices I have ever had that have been remotely competent have either been the Blue Parrot Mini, then random letters, what is it? No, the MX300, that's what it's called. The Blue Parrot MX300 or the Plantronics Voyager 5200. Those are the only two that have actually been competent in answering a phone call. And granted, those are two companies that do it extremely well. The only problem I've had had with the Blue Parrot recently is that just sometimes the call the the call the call the lip the call quality from my end going out is just garbage. I don't know why. I think my microphone might have gone, which means that's two I've gone through. One of which I had to return immediately because it just sucked. It just, the microphone was just awful. And the other just had the microphone fail, which for Blue Parrot to get wrong is kind of a yikes. And then Plantronics, I mean, they haven't updated the Voyager 5200 in so long, it still uses micro USB. And by the way, those those microphones also die exceedingly quickly. Like I usually have those last about a year and a half. And that's average. I'm just saying, it's... I'm looking for something. And for everyone just going, oh, don't worry, we have active noise canceling. Cool, I'm surprised you didn't have it earlier. By the way, why does your mic suck? Anyway, Pixel 6a for... 450 is going to be the price. Pixel 7s are exactly what you expect. 
mean, that's pretty much it, right? And other features we're going to be seeing end-to-end encryption for RCS group chats and messages. Some good, good stuff there. Google Wallet, Wear OS, we already talked about that. SOS features are coming to Wear OS, so... If you, in fact, if I'm understanding here, hold down certain buttons on your watch for... Wait, is that the... I think they're showing showing the Galaxy Watch there. Anyway. If you hold down a certain combination of buttons, it'll activate SOS mode, call 911, and contact your in-case-of-emergency contacts let you know that's then let them know that something is wrong all right i for one welcome all of it promises of better privacy etc etc and that's pretty much everything we got out of Google I.O. So, yeah. A lot of it is playing catch up. Whether it be with Apple or other functions of other flavors of Android. That's what's happening. I for one say I for one welcome it. I'm very curious to see what a, what a Google implementation of the wallet is going to be. I wonder if the security is going to be as good as they're saying it's going to be. We will just have to wait and see. Google is facing a lawsuit over a controversial Play Store change. This change is in regards to the... The sudden implementation of the price cut. And in fact, well, companies like Match Group, Tinder, and Eponymous Match. That cannot be a real name. Eponymous? Or is that Eponymous? I'm going to look this up and I'm going to immediately regret it, aren't I? What in the heck is it? I look it up on... All right, so I'm looking it up right now on Google and what I get is... A Steam entry saying in which a work is known by its reading is a short form narrative about unreliable infrastructures. I cannot find whatever this eponymous match is. I am probably pronouncing it wrong, and everyone's like screaming, You never dance like that! 
Is that just a typo? Is it supposed to be anonymous? Because that would make way more sense. All right, what if I type in eponymous match dating and then mispronounce it and, and, then, and then misspell it into batting? Ah, excellent. When I type it in, I get the, the, the first result is the same article I'm reading. That's not a, that's not a good sign. <laughs> what the hell? Woo. All right. Well, anyway. You could probably already guess the whole problem with this story. It's it's the fact that all these dating apps are suing Google because Google is very suddenly charging their rates even though you're using a third-party payment processor. It's the same sort of complaint you got out of Todd Sweetie. Good luck, Google. Good luck figuring out if eponymous, eponymous match is real or not. Oh, man. I now wish I was recording this live, because if I was recording this live, there's one guy in the chat that I know is in, like, uh... Oh, God, he's going to kill me for not knowing the stuff I have. Uh, Chechnya, I think. I, 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 this isn't like the, oh man, I feel really bad. I actually legitimately feel bad. I can't pin up. But anyway, I wonder if he would know her. Cause he like knows all this sort of stuff. But it just is what it is. Unfortunately, for those of us that are looking for some new GPUs to try out, Intel Arc GPUs are delayed again, 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 again. These highly anticipated Arc desktop GPUs are in fact not going to be available until late summer as opposed to now, which is when we were supposed to be seeing them. All right, place your bets. Do do we see them by September? I'm going to say no. At the rate these GPUs have been going and they're like false launch after false launch after false launch, I think we're not going to see these GPUs until either November or next year. I'm just saying. The trend has not been in Intel's favor, to say the least. Asus is going to be entering the high-performance SSD market. Good luck. (laughs) Is there anything more I can really say to that? 
Asus wants to make SSDs. Okay. Have fun, kids. <laughs> For crying out loud, the majority of the, uh, the SSD makers you don't even remember off the top of your head. You have what? Samsung? Toshiba? Seagate? Western Digital? And 78,000 other companies you never heard of like A-Data. A-Data, the makers of the Fatty Dove. And yes, I am still greatly amused by the name Fatty Dove. <sighs> but anyway, the, the launching ROG Strix SQ7 is their first entry into the... SSD market is a PCI Express 4.0 by 4 NVMe M.2 SSD. They honestly, the the entry here didn't mention it was an M.2. I felt like I should. But why would it be anything else? It could be U.2. These are things that do exist. M.2, U.2. They are very important. All right, a moment of silence here. The iPod is officially dead. I am a little surprised. I'm a little surprised at a number of things actually were in the iPod. I thought the iPod touch would get a refresh and try to be launched as like a mini tablet. Because, like, on paper, you'd think it'd be a good device, right? It's an iPhone without the phone. So go ahead and make an iPhone without the phone. Make a nice, sleek, thin. But no one cared. I mean, think about this for a second. If you could buy the latest generation iPhone Pro without the phone function as a replacement for a for a camera, would you? We'll say for two hundred dollars less. I'm thinking some people would, but we'll never know. It is all gone. The iPod Touch is gone, and thus the last of the iPod is gone. The Shuffle, the Mini, the Nano, Classic, Video, they're all gone. I do wonder how many of you out there have had iPods. I've actually had quite a few after... the mini so the thing is that an iPod when it was first launched was very expensive and part of me wanted it but you know 200 bucks was a hard pill to swallow as a a high schooler when the shuffle came out and you could go ahead and just upload music on it with Windows and oh hey look it's got the thumb drive built as the USB drive just built in it. You can 
it, it, for me it was a freaking is what a two gigabyte flash drive that was also a music player for 50 bucks and dude you could be like one of the cool kids like the original shuffle the very first shuffle they pitched that as a status symbol and you as a freaking kid with not a lot of disposable income you could have had that status symbol and it was within affordability like for me that was like that was like what six months allowance ish I actually don't remember to be perfectly I don't remember how long I saved up my allowance for for that I also did a lot of odd jobs on the side just cause you know small family didn't didn't really make a whole lot really but it's an end of an era yeah kids nowadays will ne- will never know mowing grass to save up for a $50 iPod God, kids really can't even go ahead and just like save up for a phone like they have to go ahead and get their parents' permission to get anything like that because it's going to end up having to be part of a contract and a daily thing and a, and part of the whole family plan and everything. You want to know how I got my iPod? I live four blocks from a radio shack. I walked there. I walked there and my mom thought I spent like hundreds of dollars to this iPod shuffle. And it's like, no, it's like 50 bucks. That's it. Oh, well. It is, in fact, the end of an era. Another end of an era. Rumors are saying that the iPhone 15 will switch from Lightning to USB-C in 2023. I have been making this prediction for like five years. And now it's going to finally happen next year. Apparently, according to another analyst, I am stunned this change hasn't happened sooner. They have ditched lightning on everything else. Everything else has ditched lightning. Except the iPhone. Uh, What can you do? We're supposed to break here, but I only have a handful of stories left. Let's Let's just rack through it. All right. Starfield has been delayed. Redfall has also been delayed. You know what the funny thing was when Bethesda announced that both these games are being delayed? I heard more people applaud it. This is where we're at now when it comes to game delays. People are happy for it because it means we're not going to get the nightmare that was the Cyberpunk's 2077, except that was delayed and we still got it. Here's the truth of the matter. We don't know what to make of it. We really, really don't. And the main reason being is that we don't know what the state of the game is right now. We just simply don't. Mark Zuckerberg is showing off Meta's next mixed reality VR headset. Please don't buy it. Anyway. (laughs) Is it sad? That's like all I got to say about 
This is what meta has done to me. Anything they make, I just assume, is gonna be used for some ex extra nefarious purpose. It's gonna be used for something terrible. It's gonna be used for something to just like stalk how I live and then sell it to the weirdest people. <sighs> I just, I just can't even. But it is what it is. Fortnite is, will be free on iPhone again. But only thanks to Xbox Cloud Gaming. So Xbox Cloud Gaming is now is now available on the iPhone and thus de SO de facto Fortnite is now available on Xbox Cloud Gaming and thus on the iPhone. I have a question. How popular is Fortnite? Like you don't hear about it anymore. Except for like weird cases like this. Like I think most of the uh, Fortnite players moved on to like Valorant, but I'm not entirely certain. Like what right now is like the big hot game, the big primary focus game. There probably just isn't one. Everyone just decided. Oh wait, who am I kidding? It's Elden Ring. It is absolutely Elden Ring. Let's actually go over to Twitch. What is the top game right now? Top game category right now is oh they don't even do that anymore. They just show by recommended. But they think for whatever reason that War World of Warcraft Shadowlands is recommended for me. Maybe that's why nobody cares what the big game is anymore. It's almost impossible to freaking find it. Is it really just like not on the front page of Twitch anymore? That was like the only metric people cared about. Okay, you know what? If I'm going to rant about Twitch for a minute, let me, let me rant about this. Why the heck is the clips all the way at the bottom? Okay. Here's the page of things you never look at. First up, channels, well, first up is, is the front page carousel. We, we don't care about that. First up, live channels we think you'll like. I follow that guy. I kind of follow that guy, but not really. I've actually never heard of this guy. I don't know if I'd actually want to watch that game. Um, I've heard of that guy, and I follow that guy, and they follow me back. Categories we think you'll like. Absolutely not. Yes. I guess. That's just games and demos. Yes. Yes. Or, I mean, not, oh, I mean, not yes, but my, my Minecraft I'm okay with. Retro is just retro. I've never heard of Vampire Survivors. 
Oh, I know. Is that that like weird, uh, like bit uh, that that low little like almost eight bit game where just like you're killing just like tons on tons of monsters and like slowly get getting up upgrades and, and it's just really it's like you, you know what I, I if it's the game I'm thinking of it's basically freaking the Bind of Isaac on crack. V Rising, I have no idea what that is, and V Rising again, no idea what that is. Alright. Then we have What's Hot. Um bunch of streamers that I've I've heard of that guy, I've never watched his stuff, never heard of that streamer. Absolutely not. I am never gonna watch that streamer ever. That guy is absolutely the worst kind of streamer out there. Never heard of that. That streamer and uh, I have nothing against Pokemon. Then recognize API creators. I don't know what any of that means. Recognize smaller streamers. None of the one one of these streamers is playing a game that well, two of them. I'm sorry, two of these streamers are playing a game that like I actually watch. wall and then once one stream that i moderate for is offline check out and then it's pretty much his auto host list recommended world of warcraft channels i don't really watch world of warcraft all aboard the hype train i guess that means channels that have hype trains going on right now recommended minecraft channels okay recommended just chatting channels yeah okay here we go and then popular clips why is clips at the bottom? This is going to be my pet peeve for a while. You want to know the biggest reason? Why TikTok is so popular? It is because there's an endless stream of content. You have a rough idea of games I play, of games I watch. Why is there not an explore clips button that just vomits out clips from that kind of game? You want to know how to give your streamers exposure, how to give discoverability. That's how you do it. Right there. You have the tools and you are so. <sighs> I need to save this rant for later. Anyway, Fortnite's back on the iPhone. Now then. Fisher Price apparently has a baby's first gamepad, which is just, you know, a, a simple little child's toy that looks like a game controller to train them to go ahead and be something or another. I don't know. What, what I don't get is the fact that the D-pad is marked 1, 2, 3, 4, with one starting on the on the left on the left directional and then it just goes clockwise and then we have a b c d and all of these button locations are in the wrong position the a is in the xbox x position the b is in the y xbox position the c is in the b xbox position and the d is in the a xbox position why am i talking about this children's toy because someone went ahead and modified it so you can play Elden Ring on it. 
because of course someone did. It's the new Dark Souls. What's that? You haven't played Dark Souls on a Guitar Hero guitar controller before? Well, you're about to now. What's that? You What's that? You never played Dark Souls with with uh, Doritos controllers? Well, you're about to now. But of course, you're thinking that was the last burb story, right? Oh, no, 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 no. The last burb story is much more horrifying. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the, of the, of the several weeks, in fact. A swarm of drones autonomously track a human through a dense forest. Yes. Automated drones automatically hunting you down in a forest. Skynet would like to know your location and to use these tools for the betterment of Skynet kind. You tell me this is not like <laughs> We have drones that are gonna track you. I just, just ah, <laughs> oh man, the human race is uh, completely and utterly 100% doomed. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And again, I apologize for the long delay in episodes, but... I do have more coming up. I am currently in the middle of playing catch up with all of these stories. This is is the big one. I had a whole bunch of stories I wanted to just compress. The rest are coming up and hopefully we will be back to normal very, very soon. Take care and I hope you have a good day.